It's lunchtime in Central Texas. What are we having? Uh, just your standard regular lunch, I guess. Milk? PB&J with the crusts cut off. Well, Brian, this is a very nutritious lunch. All the food groups are represented. Did your mom marry Mr. Rogers? Uh, no, Mr. Johnson. Time for the press box. Here's your host, Ward Whites, along with Aaron Sexton. And it is lunchtime in Central Texas. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas as we go through a thirsty Thursday here on ESPN Central Texas. Can I get something out of the way real quick? Yes, go ahead. Rangers lost again. Oh. Well, we, co- we covered it. There you go. It, it is, <laughs> That's all you need to say. It is brutal. It, is, it has been a brutal few weeks as a Rangers fan. And How disappointed are you? I, this is as disappointed as I've been being a Ranger fan anytime except for when Nelson Cruz dropped a oh, you routine had to fly me. ball Thank you. to cost us a World Series ring. <laughs> yeah, yes, you, I could say you went us. There. Yeah. You went there, didn't you? It, that's my worst sports memory. That and, and uh, Jackie Smith dropping the touchdown pass, but I was only eight when that happened. However, I do remember I was at my grandfather's house, grandparents' house. I was watching it with my grandfather and my two uncles, and I believe – to the best of my recollection, that's the only time I saw my grandfather cry. And he wasn't, you know, and it was just a, a, their, the eyes watered up a little bit. But I, I remember looking back at all three of them, and they were just. Couldn't believe it. Oh, they were, yeah, absolutely. They were they were just dumbstruck by what had just happened. Like, that's an all-pro tight end, and it hit him in the chest, and he dropped it, and the Cowboys lost. And then, obviously, the Nelly Cruz incident, which we'll skip over. But there's I was there's at that game. Of, Oh, really? Yeah. I was with my best friend, and uh, and her her place of work is right down the street from Academy, and Academy was going to open right after the game (laughs) to sell Rangers World Series stuff. So I was ready. Uh, As soon as he hit that ball, I started walking towards the door. I'm like, I'm going to get our shirts. (laughs) And he backs up, and it just keeps going over his head, and we look at each other, and we're stunned, but the game's not over. And then Hamilton hits the home run in extra innings. You're like, okay, we're still going to win. And then that lead gets blown. Anyway, I, why, why am I going back over this? I don't know. It's going to ruin the day. Sorry. <laughs> That's my fault. That's anyway, okay. they should have won. I should have been wearing my Texas Rangers World Champion shirt that night. But it didn't happen. It we moved not on. not to be. Nope. <laughs> and I don't think it's going to happen this year. But they do get the A's who are terrible. I think you're safe in saying that. They do get the A's that are terrible, so – if they can sweep this series, maybe, maybe they can get back into the wild card. But like you've credit where credit is due, you've said all along how bad the bullpen was. I, no one, I don't think, thought it was as bad as it is. A two for twelve mm-hmm. at the last fourteen save opportunities. I mean, that's I, that's probably the worst. That's pitiful. That's one, probably one of the worst in the history of Major League Baseball. I mean, you got to have a little luck on your side to to even you know. You would think just a little bit of luck would put you better than that, but they just haven't been able to piece anything together. It's it's bad. No, and these haven't been seeing eye singles or Texas leaguers. No, they've been hit they out have, of the park. Absolutely, they have been destroying Texas pitching. It, it's been brutal to watch, and you know I'll check Sunday to see if maybe they swept. <laughs> no, I'll obviously keep up with the scores, but 
you know, they get a bad Oakland team for three games. They need to sweep. And judging by the last two weeks, that's more than likely not going to happen, but they have to win this series and more than likely sweep because they were, we were looking at it right before we came on the air. Their schedule is brutal. Yes, it is. Brutal after this. They get the Twins. They get Cleveland. Mm-hmm. They get Seattle. Seattle twice. Twice with Oakland. I mean, Oakland. With Los, the, the Angels sandwiched in between the Mariners. So, mm-hmm. I mean, they have a brutal schedule down the stretch. I'm not super hopeful. I always hold out a little hope as a fan, you know, still being a fan. But looking at it objectively, I just – I think that this is going to be a lost season for them. It's really sad. It, it, there, I, don't, I don't envision – I mean, even if they sweep, it at least gives them a chance in this series. But if they don't sweep this series, even if they take two or three, it's still a pretty big uphill ask. And I know you have some matchups – with Seattle that are head to head that that's fine it that makes things a little more manageable for you if you could take care of business i just don't have the confidence that this team can take care of business head to head no i don't either um and the bad thing is the the fall, the starting pitching has fallen off too in the last week. Well, yeah. And it, if, it was, if, it if was, you don't, if you don't sweep this week, I think you take Haim out and you say, go get your surgery. Let's get ready for mm-hmm. next year. You don't I rush Josh Young back. He doesn't come back the rest of the right. season. If you don't sweep this weekend, I just, I feel like that you, you have to make some decisions for the future of the franchise. And those are two decisions that are pretty easily made because you can just go say, all right, look, I, I know we still have a chance, but let's, let's not, wreck things in the future, we'll fix the bullpen in the off season. Right. Yeah, no, we I can't agree. we can't fix it now. I agree hundred percent. Yeah, it's uh you know, Scherzer didn't have his best game yesterday, which worries me because he he went out of the previous game with forearm tightness. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe maybe he's not a hundred percent because he was dominant until last night. And last night he was not dominant. I know the Astros lineup has a lot to do with it, but when Scherzer's on, he can get any lineup out. So I, I, that worries me. But, yeah, the starting pitching was at least keeping them competitive, even though the bullpen was blowing every game. Now, the last few games, the starting pitching hasn't even kept them competitive. Not at all. Not even close. Coach Kim Mulkey, who led LSU women's basketball team to an NCAA title in April, and uh, now it's time for a new contract. And the two school, the school and Mulkey have agreed to terms on a new ten-year, thirty-two million dollar deal. Now, it does have to be approved by the board of supervisors at LSU on Friday. That's just a formality. It's going to be approved. There's no doubt about it. But when finalized, thirty-two million deal will be the richest total contract in women's college basketball history for Kill Mulkey, uh, and she's. She's got a good roster coming back. I, I don't, you know, they're going to be a tough team to beat again next year. There's no doubt about it. But it, Yeah, they're absolutely loaded. They they have almost everyone back, and they added two of the top players in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. Actually, they may have added the top two players in the transfer portal with the uh, the girl from Louisville and the girl from DePaul, and I, I just can't think of their names right now. But I believe those were the top two, top two players in the transfer portal this year. So, uh, but – you know, when you win, you get rewarded with with contracts like this. She's mm-hmm. won four national championships. 
the only active coach with more is is Gino at UConn, who's won 11. Uh, the closest behind her is Don Staley at South Carolina, who's won two. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I mean, c- coming in, going into LSU and winning a national championship, first year there, and will be heavy favorites to win back-to-back this year, they decided to give her that record extension and get her locked up, which I don't think was a bad idea. I don't either. I don't either. Congratulations to Colton Mulkey uh, getting that done. 49ers Bosa have reached a five-year, $170 million extension, which makes him the highest-paid defensive player in NFL history. Um, it does a couple of things. We both talked about it before. There's no way that the 49ers were going to go into week one without Joey Bosa. There's just, that, no, that wasn't going to no. happen. It was the same thing. With, the formality of how much it's going to cost us to get it done. It was the same thing with Zach Martin. He was never missing the Giants game. Mm-hmm. It was just a matter of how much more money were the Cowboys going to give him because they were going to give him more money. Mm-hmm. They weren't going to break the bank, but they were going to be fair, bump his contract up, which they did, about three, three and a half million for the, per year for the last two years and got him into camp. It was the same thing with Bosa. They knew they were going to have to pay him a record contract. They knew he was going to be – the contract was going to make him the highest-paid defensive player. It was going to be more than Aaron Donald makes. Mm-hmm. Just the way that contracts work in professional sports, next man up gets more money. Speaking and, of next it, man up. <laughs> that would be Micah Parsons, I believe. Yeah, we'll talk to R.J. Ochoa coming up in just a little bit, and that's one of the questions I, that I want to ask him. Is, is Micah Parsons the next man up? to break the bank and get more than $170 million extension from just the contract because that's that seems how things go in the NFL. I mean, being number two sometimes is not always the worst thing in the world because you get somebody to set that bar high enough for you, then you get a chance to surpass that bar. And Micah Parsons certainly will probably get that opportunity. Yeah, you see it with quarterbacks especially. Mm-hmm. Uh, next man up gets paid, and people complain, ah, Dak's overpaid. And, and then, look, I'm not, I'm not going to get into it. It's the market value. Right. Like, Dak, I think, is a, a top 10 quarterback in the NFL, but closer to 10, obviously, uh, than one, a lot closer to 10. Mm-hmm. And for, but for a time, he was the highest-paid quarterback, and people were gnashing their teeth, and it's just like, it's just timing. Whoever's up well, that's next, all it is. Yeah. whoever's up next that is a top ten quarterback is going to have the biggest contract. That's just the way it goes. There's no doubt, and and, and that's that's the way this wheel turns, and it's not going to change. It's going to get worse. Nope. I mean, you, if you think it's going to go backwards, you're fooling yourself because it's not going to go backwards. It's just going to keep growing and growing and growing, um, because of the fact that agents know that okay, we have a target now. And we're going to surpass that target, and it's going to continue to grow each and every time. Every contract that signs is going to go up, and which means the next guy up is going to get a better deal. Um, it, is it completely fair to everybody? Probably not, but that's just that's just kind of how it is. We do have football tonight. We do. How about that? We're here. It's go time. (laughs) And the Detroit Lions are in Kansas City coming up tonight on NBC. 720 is your kickoff. And I want to see this Detroit Lion football team, Aaron, because I'm still – 
I don't get all the hype for Detroit. I just don't. I can look at their roster, and yes, they have some players, but it's still Detroit, and I'm just I'm not going to buy in. Let me see how they do against the defending world champions, and I don't think it's going to be very well, to be honest with you. We'll see. I mean, if, if Kansas City can can take care of what I think people will be think will be a playoff team in Detroit without more than likely Travis Kelsey and without their best defensive player, Chris Jones, that, that would be pretty impressive. But you have to remember that they still have the best player in the league, hands down. So they're going to beat a lot of people even when they're missing other good players on the roster. And yeah. I, I just I'm not buying Detroit. I just I can't. I'm sorry. I refuse to until proven otherwise. And look, I'll eat crow. I don't mind eating crow. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just I still think it's it is the Detroit Lions. Right. <laughs> I, I think they'll be better. I think it, I think probably you, you kind of want to buy into it a little bit. A little bit. Well, and that's okay. Nine I'm and not eight, saying nine and wrong. eight, ten and seven buy into it. If okay. Barely. Okay. I think they have a chance at a wild card. Outshot shot at, shot at a wild card, yes. Yeah. Um, I don't even, I, I'm not I'm, buying any Super Bowl hype or anything like that. I'm, I don't even think <laughs> not they're a Not with Jared Goff at quarterback. I, I don't think they're a playoff team. Just don't. I don't think they get the wild card. That's just me. Also have college football tonight as you have Louisville at home, and they will play Murray State Racers at 630 tonight. Do anything for you, or is the NFL trump that one? I will be watching the Chiefs in the in the line. Okay, a hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I think the NFL um, probably I, trumps I actually, that. Yeah, I cleared my schedule. Now I'll, I'll I've uh, I got my walking in yesterday, mm-hmm. and I will do some more walking to tomorrow tonight. I'm going straight home. I'm going to let the dog out. I'm going to make me something to eat. I'm going to sit on the couch and I'm going to watch the NFL. But watch the Not a bad lines. Plan. Not a bad plan. Nope. Looking forward to it. The Big 12 viewership uh, from TV last weekend. Did you see this yet? I did, and it's uh, pretty impressive. It is pretty impressive. Colorado TCU at 7.3 million on Fox. West Virginia and Penn State at 3.5 million on NBC. Texas Tech and Wyoming 1.4 million on CBS are your top three in the Big 12. Sam Houston and BYU got 0.4 million. Uh, UTSA and Houston got .3, and Kent State and UCF .3 on FS1, all of those games. So not not bad viewership for the Big 12 over the past weekend, but 7.3 million for Colorado and TCU. That's a Why? Good. Because? Uh, Coach Prime. There you go. <laughs> I mean, it really is. that uh, uh, TCU making the national championship game. It didn't hurt it. Right. Uh, but that is a a good sign of good things to come for the Big 12 because that's going to be – and it won't be as as hyped, obviously, the next time it happens, but those are going to be conference opponents. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a great weekend for the Big 12, some really, really great ratings. The only game that had higher ratings than Colorado TCU was Florida State and LSU, and that was a matchup. Of, it was primetime. Right, and that's a matchup of top – 10 teams, LSU was top five at the time. Now um, Florida State is after beating them. But, yeah, it it was a very, very impressive uh, showing as far as ratings for Colorado TCU. 
So does Colorado and and, the, and Texas Tech drawing over a million eyes to watch a Colorado to watch them play Wyoming is very impressive as well. I think so too. Does Colorado rank in the top two, three against Nebraska? Do they get the ratings just because Prime again? I think again? so. I think I, so too. I think too. so. I think uh, there's. I know it's be, an eleven a.m. kickoff, but I think it does. Nebraska is a badly damaged brand because they've been bad for so long. It is still a brand, and they have a new coach. I know there'll be a lot of interest around these parts in the game, but yeah, I think it'll be a very high. I don't. I obviously don't think there'll be seven million people watching like there were for the TCU game, but I could see it doing four or five million easily. I think so. I think which so. would be huge numbers still for uh, oh, you know, no doubt, especially considering that those two teams were terrible last year. Well, they yeah, they want to combine three games, I believe. That's exactly right. <laughs> Exactly what they wanted between the two teams. So uh, somebody could get real close to that mark already. Uh, if Colorado wins, they'll already have two in their pocket. All right, coming up next, we'll talk Dallas Cowboys. As joining us will be R.J. Ochoa from Blogging the Boys. The press box continues right after this on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. The Midway Coaches Show with Shane Anderson is brought to you by Automatic Chef Canteen, Brown House Cafe. Coach, coming off a 27-21 loss to Permian last Friday night in non-district play, and this was a game that was similar to your first game. You played a very good team, and you played them well. You had a lead late in the game, but just weren't able to hold it. Yeah, you know, that's been kind of the, the bugaboo the last couple of weeks is we've been beat 21 to nothing in the fourth quarter. And, uh, you know, the, the easy word, you know, to talk about is finish. And, uh, you know, I think we played hard for four quarters. We just didn't execute down the stretch uh, the last two weeks. And, uh, you know, very, very similar. Like you said, we were up 31-28 in Mansfield, and then we were up the other night and uh, just, just didn't get it done. But uh, we're getting better as a football team. We're better right now than we were two weeks ago, I can tell you that. And this week you get another outstanding team in Vandergriff, state-ranked, played for a state title last year. Talk a little bit about them, first of all, offensively. Well, they're a very, very good football team, you know, led by Miles Coleman, the, the receiver, uh, you know, played 16 games last year, obviously. And, uh, you know, anytime you, uh, you know, you line up against teams that have made deep runs and played in state championship games, uh, even their JV guys are, are, are going to be a, ahead of the curve just because they've had so many practices and, basically had a whole nother season uh, with a six-week playoff run. And so, uh, you know, we'll have our hands full. Very, very good football team. But like I told the kids this week, it's not about them. It's about us. It's about us getting better, uh, being a better football team than we were last week and, and getting prepared for, for our district. ESPN Central Texas. Brown House Cafe is local homegrown southern cooking, like going home to Grandma's house, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner with breakfast being served all day. Dishes like homemade biscuits and gravies, pancakes, French toast, or build your own omelet. And don't forget about lunch and dinner, chicken fried steak, build your own burger, grilled Atlantic salmon, and daily specials, plus homemade pies daily. Open seven days a week, 8 a.m. to 8 p.m., Brown House Cafe in Woodway. Check them out at brownhousecafe.com. Locally owned and operated, Automatic Chef is Central Texas' premier break room vending service provider. For over 50 years, Central Texas companies have relied on Automatic Chef for all their break room supplies. They offer micro markets, 
office coffee and tea service, breakfast, lunch, and dinner products, touchless vending, cashless payments, and innovative technology. Let Automatic Chef design a break room that fits your needs. 6900 Imperial Drive in Waco and at AutomaticChefCanteen.com. Royal Pizza in Clifton is sure to whet your appetite. Serving the best pizza around. Check out their world-class bacon cheeseburger pizza or their pepperoni extreme. Twice the cheese, twice the pepperoni. Royal Pizza also serves pasta, specialty calzones, salads, and don't forget the wings. Open Monday through Thursday to 9, Friday and Saturday till 10, Sundays till 7. And on Friday night, home football games are open until midnight. Dine in, call in for pickup, or they will deliver. Royal Pizza located at 602 South Avenue G in Clifton. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Waco is known for Texas traditions, a booming economy, and a world-class university. It's a great place to live, and Monk Wilson Mandela is a proud member of the Waco community. Monk Wilson is a business law firm with deep Waco roots. They are proudly embedded in the Waco community and understand the immense potential of this growing city. Their attorneys live in Waco. They understand the court system unique to Waco and throughout Texas. When Monk Wilson attorneys represent you, they help you grow your business and bring relevant ideas to market. More importantly, they protect your business locally and nationally. They believe in the power of passionate people and innovative ideas. They believe in Waco. Learn more about Monk Wilson Mandela's Waco office by calling 254-362-2300 or visit their website, monkwilson.com. That's M-U-N-C-K Wilson.com. That number again, 254-362-2300. Are you looking for an air conditioning and heating company that is family-owned and operated, is local, and offers honest and fair pricing? Haddock's Heating and Air specializes in residential service and installation, plus new construction projects for homeowners throughout Central Texas. They service all makes and models and offer free estimates. Check out their five-star rating on Google Reviews. Haddock's Heating and Air, 254-301-5373. And check them out on Facebook. License TACLB106271E. And welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. 23 minutes past the hour of noon on this thirsty Thursday. Joining us now, as promised, R.J. Ochoa for Blogging the Boys. R.J., how are we on this Thursday? I'm doing great, Ward. Uh, happy NFL kickoff. Uh, there's a lot going on, a lot to keep up with, but uh, that's the fun of it all. It is game day. Are you excited? Is it a national I'm holiday? Be- it should be. Um, you know, <laughs> it, it's actually, though, uh, so stressful. I, I, I think I told you I was going to smoke a, a pulled pork, and I just got so busy I forgot to go get all the groceries. So, uh, <laughs> that, that might have to happen later on this weekend. RJ Chua with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Nick Bosa gets a contract with the 49ers. We all knew that that was going to happen before game number one or had a pretty good idea that they were not going to let this linger anymore. Finally give up the bag for him. Does that help Micah Parsons in his quest coming up very shortly? Yeah, I think yesterday was a, a great time to be uh, in Micah Parsons' close circle. Um, I, I would offer that yesterday really kind of set the, the low floor, um, just kind of the, the get-in price uh, to start negotiations with Micah Parsons. Now, 
you know, we run into this a lot for people who don't know. The Cowboys can't negotiate with Micah. That's just NFL rules, part of the CBA, until the NFL season is over or until the Cowboys season is over. But the moment it is, I mean, this is, this is the contract the Cowboys have been building towards now for the last two years from the moment Micah really kind of began to show his dominance. And it's clear and it's obvious that Micah Parsons is going to become the highest paid defensive player in NFL history. And yesterday gave us a little bit of a clearer picture of what exactly that's going to look like. Well, even Jerry Jones alluded to it when he was making the Zach Martin deal or not making the Zach Martin deal is part of the, verbiage that he uses we've got other players to play i.e coming up micah parsons yeah and i mean there are other players besides him i mean the cowboys have done a great job of taking care of certain things obviously they got trayvon Diggs done at the beginning of training camp they took care of malik hooker uh, obviously donovan wilson leighton vanderish got paid even at the beginning of the offseason terrence Steele just got paid this week zach martin got his contract resolved but Dak Prescott and that extension still lingers. C.D. Lamb's going to need a new deal at a certain point. And we all obviously have some, some high hopes and some high expectations for, for Dak and C.D. and for Micah this particular season. And so, you know, it's one of those kind of catch-22 situations. The better they play, the higher those numbers are going to go up. It's very possible uh, that in whatever it is, eight months' time, the Cowboys have handed out the biggest contract in the NFL or in NFL history on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball because that's what it's going to take to ultimately make some status quo with both Dak Prescott and Micah Parsons. Is this the time for the Cowboys, in your opinion, just because of one thing, and that is the age of this, the combined age of this roster? It's one of the oldest in the NFL. You know, I think that they – have that number inflated a little bit by the likes of Stephon Gilmore and Brandon Cooks, right? They're some of the longer mm-hmm. in the tooth players. Um, you know, they have a, an incredible amount of young talent. In fact, they have so much young talent that, you know, they got rid of a, a lot of their 2021 draft class. I mean, just two years ago, you know, these players are drafted and the Cowboys moved on from a handful of them. And so um, I think that if, if I have to pick, I, I don't, totally agree with the time is now the windows now we've seen nfl teams look like their windows were shut busted back open again but if there is one sort of driving factor of that idea to me it's the the field in the nfc right i mean you know it's not going to be this week forever you're not going to have this top heaviness with you know three teams that we think it's going to be between dallas philadelphia and san francisco this time next year, I would imagine New York has closed the gap a bit. Maybe Washington's come along, Minnesota, Green Bay, Chicago, if Justin Fields can ultimately you know, do some nice things. Who knows if Arizona gets Caleb Williams, maybe New Orleans and Derek Carr or Bryce Young in Carolina. I mean, you have this massive advantage. You have the longest tenured starting quarterback in the NFL, not just the NFC. And you have, you know, some of your better players, perhaps your best player, Micah Parsons, on some cheap contracts relative to what they're ultimately going to make. And so those are the circumstances that I think are are more pressing in my mind than the age of the roster on an average basis. What is the best thing that you saw from this football team coming out of the preseason? I think their, you know, their intentions on offense, you know, obviously we didn't see Dak Prescott play, but, um, and, and he's a different you know, quarterback than Will Greer or Cooper Rush, um, obviously than Trey Lance, who we haven't seen it either. But um, th- it's clear that the West Coast principles are at play. The Cowboys are, are clearly going to be focused on some high percentage throws. Some I don't want to call it underneath things, but you know that's, that's typically the highest percentage stuff you can get. Stuff with your running backs, down low to the tight ends, 
obviously those crossing routes and drag routes, you can get receivers that are fast involved in it. It really feels like the Cowboys are, are heavily focused um, on, on getting the ball in the hands of their dynamic playmakers. And so if that's true, if that's the case, they have a lot of them. And if they're serious about not just the obvious names like C.D. Lame and Brandon Cooks, but Deuce Vaughn and Cavante Turpin having an actual tried-and-true role, then it's really easy to be excited about what they're going to do over the course of the entire regular season. I know it's pretty obvious, but does this offense go only as far as Dak can take them, or does he have some help? I think he has help. I mean, you know, it's it's kind of a, a fence-riding answer because at the end of the day, he is the quarterback, right? At the end of the day, mm-hmm. um, you know, they have tailored this offense, I wouldn't say around him, but around somebody who possesses the skill set that he does. That's the foundation of the West Coast offense. It's a quarterback that can kind of serve as that surgeon that, that orchestrates and architects things in the right way. But, I mean, they have also been – in, in the same light beyond, you know, putting more on his plate, they've also taken some off of it by giving him these dynamic playmakers, by giving him Brandon Cooks, by, you know, by letting Tony Pollard have a, a larger role in the offense. These are our faster, you know, more explosive playmakers who can generate more space against, you know, whatever given defender happens to be guarding them at a moment's time. And so those things help Dak Prescott out and help the, the responsibility that has been elevated on his shoulders to not feel so massive. And so, um, it's football cliche, but, but it is a, a team sport, a team game, and, and all 11 players have to be operating in perfect synchronization for things to ultimately work out. R.J. Ochoa blogging the boys with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And, R.J., how different is this Texas Coast offense really going to look once they take the reins off and we see it for real? I think it will be, you know, I think maybe Sunday night at, at midnight, 1 a.m., whatever. We're like, holy crap, Tony Pollard had nine catches. You know, like, what? Jake, Jake Ferguson had eight catches, you know, for, you know, 23 yards. I think it will be these kind of, I don't want to call it dink and dunk, but these underneath things that are, uh, you, you know, if you average, you know, four yards a play, I mean, that's enough. And I'm not saying that that's the goal because I do think that we'll see some explosive plays because of players like Brandon Cooks and certainly CeeDee Lamb. But I think that, that that's where it will feel the most obvious. It, it will feel like, man, I can't believe Dak threw the ball 44 times because they were these kind of quick, easy completions. And maybe it is a matter or a manner, excuse me, of, man, his completion percentage was 86%. I think it will be things along those lines. I think the Cowboys want to maximize security they don't want to you know necessarily do anything to, to take the ball out of the hands of an offense that they know can compete and so those are the things that i'm i'm anticipating but again they've kept the the sheet on top of this very tight and so it's going to be really anxious or, or really anxiety inducing to see it all unfold on sunday night rj with the addition of brandon cooks does that open up the game even more for cd lamb and I don't want to say a breakout year, but could he have even a better year than we've seen for him before? Because he now has a little bit of protection on the other side. Yeah, I certainly think so. You know, last year was was kind of the first one that that CD was was the sort of tried and true alpha of the Cowboys, and obviously Amari Cooper wasn't involved, and that was a big reason for that. But um, it's it's difficult to to you know flex your alphaness when the player opposite of you is Noah Brown, right? When, mm-hmm. when Dennis Houston is running around in your offense with you, and so Brandon Cooks is somebody who will make you pay if you decide to double CD Lamb. You are taking a huge risk against the player as explosive as Brandon Cooks, and so maybe it is a slower burn in that sense. Maybe we do see NFL teams take a little while to wake up to the fact that hey, Brandon Cooks is a real thing. Um, but I completely agree. I mean. 
you know, if you want to throw some numbers, I mean, maybe 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns. I think a season along those lines is well within the range of possibility for CD. On the other side of the ball for this defense, how good can this defense be, RJ? I mean, you know, people say the best in the NFL, um, and that that's weird to me because that that could be bad, right? Like, like if the if the whole league stinks and you're the best, like that might not be great. But um, I mean, a year ago, I thought for sure they were going to regress. There was no way they were going to generate as many takeaways, and sure enough, they generated more. Um, and that was with Trayvon Diggs having eight fewer interceptions than he did in 2021. They they have all the potential in the world to be. I mean, call it doomsday, call it Legion of Boom, call it, you know, whatever you want. Everybody loves to go 85 Bears. They have all the potential in the world to be an all-time defense. They have an all-time pass rusher. They have maybe the best cornerback duo in the NFL. They have other certainly more than qualified pass rushers and Demarcus Lawrence and Sam Williams. They have a, a, a general in the middle and Leighton Van Der Esch who understands the defense schematically all the way through and can execute things flawlessly. They have depth everywhere. I mean, they have so many corners that it's it's unbelievable. They have so many safeties. I mean, I can't believe that in my lifetime, the Cowboys have too many safeties uh, to get on the field all at once. And that's because they might play five of them on the field at once. And more than anything, they have an architect in Dan Quinn who knows how to, you know, drive this car. This, this is, you know, this is an F1 vehicle. That's what this defense is. And Dan Quinn is Max Verstappen. You've got the best machine, the best driver. And so you're going to go out and hopefully set a bunch of records in the process. When you look at this, you know, in previous years, you and I have talked, the offense has to protect the defense a little bit. Just help them out. Help them down the road a little bit. And then maybe it was the defense has to help this offense and and be able to you know, get them field position, get them turnovers, do what they have to do to make it easier on the offense. Is this the first year in a while we've seen maybe this is going to be complimentary football from this football team? Yeah, and I know that these are statements that scare everybody and terrify everybody because, you know, we've been burned so many times in the past. And um, the the squad or the year, the team that it, it reminds me the most of is the 2008 Cowboys. And, and that team, I, I know you remember entering the final year at Texas Stadium. I mean, the script was just kind of set for this all-time sort of season. Mm -hmm. They had 13 Pro Bowlers the year before they were returning. They had two first-round draft picks on their team and Felix Jones and Mike Jenkins. They traded for Roy Williams in the middle of the year, Pac-Man Jones, Hank Johnson, all of it, and they fell flat. They were an embarrassment, and Romo got hurt, and Felix Jones got hurt, and Matt McBride got hurt, and they got blown out 44-6 to in Week 17 with a playoff trip on the line in Philadelphia, of all places. And so, I mean, look, they have fumbled this every possible way, right? Like, they have found all of the excruciating ways to, to be disappointing, and I get that, but this is an incredibly talented team. I mean, they are top five, top whatever you want to call it, in all of the important categories. They have coaches and coordinators and, and play callers on both sides of the ball that recognize the talent they have and that have been there and that have scars. I mean, you know, we obviously know Dan Quinn has the deepest of possible scars. Mike McCarthy now has some scars with the Cowboys. Everybody involved, you know, has more than enough skin in the game to know what's at stake and to understand, you know, the, the weight of the crown that they're all wearing on their head. And so if not now, I don't know when, but, but this is one of the, the, the teams in Dallas Cowboys' recent history that has the best chance ever to kind of finally put an end to the drought. Coming up on Sunday night, it's the New York Giants. And for Sunday night, what does this offense in your mind have to do to be able to do what they want to do for one, but also take control of this football game? 
You know, the Cowboys actually trailed the Giants um, on Thanksgiving Day at halftime. I think that, you know, they, they kind of put things away in the third quarter and that's all, you know, forgotten. But um, a really common expression that, you know, the Internet used with the Cowboys last year was playing with their food. Um, and and it was, they were just kind of a team that, that, you know, wouldn't put their foot on you and wouldn't, wouldn't kind of just go for the jugular. And um, in that sense, I mean, I'm, I'm not saying they have to come out and, I don't know if you saw their theme for the year is Carpe Omnia, which is seize everything, kind of a, a 300 sort of mentality. But um, I think you just have to go out. And again, it's football parlance and it's cliche and it's lame, but you just have to kind of be yourself. I don't think you have to try, you know, to do anything or be anything that you're not because you are a better football team. This is a better football team than the Giants. And I understand the Giants are, are ascending. Um, but, you know, if you try too hard, that's how you open the door for this to kind of turn a different direction. So I think if you're the Cowboys right now, all you got to do is, is just go be you. And again, I, I know how Disney and movie-ish that sounds, but um, if you're yourself, then that should be more than enough on Sunday night. What about this defense to slow down Daniel Jones in that offense? Is is it just the same type of thing, be yourself and and keep the game in front of you? Yeah, I mean, and some of that is it's week one, and, and Mike McCarthy has noted that, you know, about 30% of things and 30% of what each team does is, is unknown and is unseen because, you know, everybody's been keeping things so close to the vest. You don't have uh, as much film as you do on a team, say, by the time November hits. But um, in that respect, it's obviously division rivalry, and you know this team well, and, and the Cowboys know this quarterback well. And because he is a mobile threat, I think you can't, try to get too cute. I mean, we know that Daniel Jones can get out of the pocket or mm -hmm. climb the pocket and even run and pick things up on the ground. And so you do not need to get out of your element and give them any sort of extra chances because, you know, I don't have to try very hard, Ward, to give you some, some heartburn ahead of next Sunday. The Cowboys <laughs> drop this game. They're 0-1, they're right? Let's just live in that world. Say the Eagles beat the Patriots on Sunday. They are favorites. The Eagles are now 1-0, and the Eagles play on Thursday night next week. So say they beat the Vikings. So you know going into next Sunday when you're 0-1 that the Eagles already have 2-0 and in their hand, and next Sunday is a date with the boogeyman, Aaron Rodgers, who has never lost in your building. So you've got all that pressure <laughs> that can can mount on you you know in a flash and it sounds silly and it sounds dramatic but that's the way this goes the flip side of that is you get this win you're one and oh obviously but you're one and oh in the division you're in first place by that nature you're you're one and oh in your three road division games right off the bat uh right off the rip and you beat this jets team and all of a sudden you're two and oh with a trip to arizona facing your future so i mean you don't it's you can't, you know, win or lose the Super Bowl in week one, but you can make things a lot more difficult for yourself if you try to get too few. The biggest worry on this football team has to be in special teams, and I guess you could circle the kicking uh, position for that for most part. How long is the rope there? Is, is it, are we going to have to suffer through if it doesn't work, or is there a backup plan, do you think? I think, you know, if I had to put a length of time, I'd say a month, right? You know, okay. if, if things are, are really bad, then maybe that's when we see them make a, a switch or kicker. But, um, you know, they've, they've come all this way, right? You know, they didn't, they didn't, you know, come here to, you know, cash out because they lose the first hand. You know what I'm saying? And so um, they've, they've qualified for the World Series of Poker. They've sat down. They've got their token on their cards, their sunglasses <laughs> on their face. And so, hey, you know, if the if the flop doesn't go your way or the river or the turn, just take a breath. You know what I mean? Get a coffee, wake yourself up, and, and know that, you know, it's a 17-game season. It's a battle of attrition. You have to survive. RJ Achoa, blogging the boys with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. And 
One more un-Cowboy-related question for you tonight. It's the Kansas City Chiefs and the Detroit Lions. RJ, are you buying the hype train for the Detroit Lions at all? Ward, I love you so much for asking this question. Um, <laughs> no, I'm not. Uh, I, look, the, the Lions are, are cute and fun. Um, but, um, and, and, you know, as a devout Christian, I know the story of David and Goliath. Well, but this is not <laughs> David and Goliath. Uh, th- this is, you know, Patrick Mahomes versus, you know, the, the cowardly lion. I really, I mean, again, I think that everyone wants this to be true and is trying to manifest it into reality, but, um, I just, I would not bet against the chiefs and it will be hilarious with, if they are without Travis Kelsey and Chris Jones if they just wax this Lions team. And then, you know, to hear all the excuses about like, well, you know, at least they were competitive and they almost made the playoffs. I mean, we're, I can't recall a team that has had so many benefits of the doubt extended towards them the way that the Lions have. I know that people want to see a new team and a new story, but it's just not there for me quite yet. Thank you very much. RJ Achua blogging the boys with us here on ESPN Central Texas. RJ, enjoy the weekend of football and we'll talk to you next week. I appreciate your time, man. Thanks a lot, guys. Enjoy the game tonight. All right, there he goes, R.J. Ochoa. See, he's not buying it either, Aaron. He's right there with us. Yeah, like I said, I'm not I'm not on that train. I think they'll be a pretty decent team, but not great. I think they'll be the Lions. <laughs> <laughs> All right, stay right there. We'll talk more football coming up next in the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Your leader in high school sports, ESPN Central Texas. <laughs> The Clifton Coaches Show with Brent Finney is brought to you by Royal House Pizza, the 5th Street Market and Nursery. Coach, coming off a 33-0 win over Rio Vista last Friday night, you evened up your season record at 1-1 and just an impressive performance by your team on both sides of the ball. Yes, uh, you know, after... After our week one uh, loss on the road, we you know we challenged our kids and we focused on a few things that we needed to improve on and uh, you know having homecoming uh, and big crowd and you know we just we really wanted to get out of the gate fast play play fast play hard all night and and control what we can control and not take care of ourselves and the guys did that and uh, pretty much played uh, lights out all night long defense uh, with the shutout. You know, uh, kept us in good field position all night. So it was it was a it was a good win for uh, both sides of the ball for sure. Continue non district play tonight on the road against Bosqueville. So Bosqueville team, I think they've been running the spread for as long as there's been a spread offense. Right, they're they're dangerous. Uh, you know, they're they're a well coached team, and what they do is uh, presents a lot of problems. You know, um, so they're gonna. You know, run the RPOs and, and spread it all over the field. So you got to definitely, uh, you know, take care of your assignments and make sure you're doing your job because uh, they can put you in a bind in a hurry. What about defensively for them? They're pretty aggressive. You know, they've got some size up front uh, and then uh, got some good inside linebackers. And then, of course, they're going to, you know, they're going to heat you up and play you a man a lot of coverage. And so, uh, you know, we got to definitely take care of the football and try to, you know, just try to grind them out and, and keep their offense off the field. Try to, that's, typically, we try to do that, so uh, we definitely have to try to get that done. ESPN Central Texas. 
Royal Pizza in Clifton is sure to whet your appetite. Serving the best pizza around. Check out their world-class bacon cheeseburger pizza or their pepperoni extreme. Twice the cheese, twice the pepperoni. Royal Pizza also serves pasta, specialty calzones, salads, and don't forget the wings. Open Monday through Thursday to 9, Friday and Saturday till 10, Sundays till 7. And on Friday night home football games are open until midnight. Dine in, call in for pickup, or they will deliver. Royal Pizza located at 602 South Avenue G in Clifton. The 5th Street Market and Nursery is Bosque County's premier nursery, greenhouse, and boutique. Discover a variety of indoor and outdoor plants, unique gifts, and local artisanal products at their family-owned nursery and garden center. Located in Clifton off 5th Street, Highway 219. Open Tuesday through Saturday, 9 to 5 and Sunday, 10 to 4. Check them out at fifthstreetmarket.com or on Facebook. Let their passionate team help your vision bloom into reality. Since 1975, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop has been serving their one-of-a-kind sandwiches, soups, and salads to hungry Central Texans. They start early in the morning baking their homemade artisan bread. The sandwiches are oven-toasted, giving the bread a crunchy crust covering and a soft and dry, airy center. Ask for everyone's favorite, the Schmaltz. A combination of three cheeses, three meats, and all the fixins. They welcome phone-in orders at their town west or downtown locations. Waco Born and Bread, Schmaltz's Sandwich Shop. You're listening to ESPN Central Texas, live from the Allen Samuel Studios. Established in 2007 and independently owned, Alliance Bank Central Texas is committed to helping families and businesses meet their financial goals. From their tellers to their board of directors, they know the importance of superior service and competitive products. Customers have confidence knowing that their financial business is in good hands. Alliance Bank Central Texas with two Waco locations, also in Temple and Georgetown and at AllianceBankTexas.com. Member FDIC and equal housing lender. Qualifications and rules apply. See Genco FCU for detail. Warning, free Genco Casasa checking may lead to a rise in disposable income due to cash back on everyday debit card purchases, refunds on ATM fees, and eliminations of so-called service fees. Increased satisfaction may result while operating your Genco debit card. If you suffer from chronic money loss, search for help at any Genco branch office. This has been a financial health advisory, courtesy of Genco FCU. My money, my future, my credit union, Genco. Go Wildcats! This is Chuck Luco, president of All County Surveying and Temple, THS class of 1978. Greatest of the great. We are proud of our team at ACS. We're celebrating 35 years right here in Temple. We're also proud of the Temple Wildcat football team. Football is way more than just a game. It teaches young people about life. Let's go to state, Cats. Go Wildcats! Welcome back to the Press Box here on ESPN Central Texas. Thanks to R.J. Ochoa joining us in the last segment, talking a little Dallas Cowboys. Cowboys in New York taking on the football Giants coming up on Sunday Night Football, and you can hear that game right here on ESPN Central Texas. And Aaron, do you feel better about the Cowboys now? Oh, I'm I'm probably not worried enough about this game. It's an <laughs> NFC East game on the road, and the Giants don't scare me at all. The defense is okay. I think Dallas will be able to scare on them score on them, and I think that the Dallas defense is going to dominate 
the Giants offense. They have Saquon Barkley, who's a Pro Bowl running back. Mm-hmm. They have Darren Waller, who is a Pro Bowl tight end. And they have a bunch of above average to good receivers, but not one outstanding receiver. They do not have a number one, and you cannot win in the NFL without an, without an alpha number one receiver. They do not have that, and I think the Cowboys cornerback and secondary are going to lock down their receivers, and I think Daniel Jones is going to have a long night. I, Yeah, I, I agree with that 100%, but sometimes that's what worries me more when you have that much confidence going into a game, and then all of a sudden you look up and <laughs> things start melting away in front of your face. It, it tends to not work out so well, so we'll see. Yeah, that's like I said, I don't I, – I, I'm worried that I'm not worried enough, but <laughs> I, I think the Cowboys roll Sunday night. They should. Yeah. There's no doubt. Roster-wise, you look at them, compare them, they, they should. But we'll see. A little Texas high school football for you. Runge ISD released a statement late Wednesday night announcing that their Yellow Jacket football team uh, was going to uh, – well, they released it on Monday night that they were going to cancel the rest of their games because they just didn't have enough for 11-man roster uh, to move forward and for at least a year that they would – not be playing football. Well, last night they came back, and the Yellow Jackets are going to move to six-man football immediately. Right now in week three of the season, they're going to make a change and go to six-man football, which will allow them to be able to play high school football the remainder of the season. Now, they'll do that for at least a year, and then the – UIL realignment cycle, of course, comes in February, so mm-hmm. that will allow them to now get into a district six-man football-wise. They were right on the brink anyway right. of being a six-man program. So uh, this is probably a good move for them moving forward. They just don't have enough students to be able to field an 11-man roster and have enough depth to be able to compete, especially because they were at the 2A level, but 2A Division two or yeah, 2A Division two, I believe. So – this will be much more manageable for them. Now, it is unprecedented. It's not ever happened before. But uh, this is going to be an, a situation where they're going to play an outlaw schedule. Now, that outlaw schedule means that they'll just have to try to pick up some games. They may have to play some JVs. They may have to play just wherever they can pick up a game is where they're going to try to pick up a game as they try to make the transition from 11-man to 6-man right at the – well, almost the middle of a football season. So that's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. How does that transition work for them? And good luck to them. And you know what? I think it's a great idea that the UIL is allowing them to be able to do that because of the fact that otherwise these players were not going to be able to play at all. And you know, some of those seniors were, were going to miss out on playing a uh, – an opportunity to play high school football. So now they're going to have an opportunity to play. They went one and nine in 2022. Uh, after uh, the last nine seasons, they've won one game. So you know, they were outmatched and they were only going to have 13 players on their varsity for 11 men football. Ooh. That's just not enough. No, can't it, do that. And so this is going to give them an opportunity and that's, that's great. Congratulations to them and whoever, allowed them to make that decision, my hat's off to you because I I don't want those kids just to have to miss 
being able to experience Friday Night Lights, six-man, 11-man, whatever it is, at least they're still on the field. Absolutely. Give you IO credit. That's a that's a, a great decision, and it's absolutely the right decision. Like you said, those those kids will get to play football this year, and I'm sure there's some seniors amongst those kids. So this was going to be their last chance, and they'll still get to play their senior year. Should be should be fun to watch and see how that all transpires. And, and making that adjustment from 11-man to 6-man – is going to be kind of fun to watch. I'm going to I've, I've become a fan. I'm going to be able to uh, try to keep up with them as much as possible. Uh, also, if you like high school football and you want to get a jump start on the weekend, you can do so down at Crusader Stadium tonight as Brock takes on Wimberley tonight at UMHB. That should be a very, very interesting football game coming up. Brock at 1-1 one and, one and Wimberley at 2-0 and oh going into that contest tonight. But we have NFL football, and, yes. and it by is the way, the Chiefs just, and the Lions. I know you 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 said it, but for those thinking, hey, Thursday night Amazon, not yet. Tonight's game is on NBC, correct? Yes, yes. Tonight's game is on NBC, so you don't have to you don't have to worry about getting the uh, fire stick right cranked up <laughs> or however you want to do it. Yeah, I think that starts week three or four, mm-hmm. but we will let you know for sure. But definitely, tonight's game is not on Amazon. It is on NBC, so. Which is a good thing. It is, and I get both, so I'm not worried about it, but I know a lot of people don't get Amazon Prime, mm-hmm. so it makes it tough to watch those games. Yeah, and, it makes it very difficult, especially if there's something else going on and you wanted to flip back and forth. Right. That is. You can't do that with Am- it's, it's watching just, on Amazon. Oh, it's such a pain. Such a pain. So, I want to ask you before we get out of here, since the NFL season is starting tonight, and we haven't really talked about it, your NFL MVP for the 2023 season. Patrick Mahomes. I know that's easy, but he's he's just so much – he's just so good. Like, he, he's the best football player I've ever seen in my life, period. I – I can't disagree. I, I was hoping you'd go somewhere else so I could go with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> I, I, I was going to yeah. say Jalen Hurts. You know, he had an incredible year last year, got him to the Super Bowl. If he could do that again, they may give him the MVP just because Mahomes has already won it twice. But I'm sticking with Mahomes. I, I think it's Patrick Mahomes. I, I don't know. I don't even think it's close. I just don't. I, I he, he's He'll throw for about 5,000 yards and 40 touchdowns, run for five or six more, and mm-hmm. put another trophy on the medal. It's, it's, hard, to, it's hard to go against him. Yeah. It really is. Yep. Rangers have the night off. Congratulations, Ranger fans. Good. <laughs> and they need it. I had uh, a bunch of stats about the bullpen. I gave one. They're, you know, two and 12 last 14 save opportunities. There's some worse ones about the bullpen, but who, you know, why bother? <laughs> If you're mm-hmm. a Rangers fan and you've been keeping up, you know that this may be one of the worst bullpens in in modern Major League Baseball history, if not the worst. I mean, I mean it's the worst of point, any contending team I've ever seen. And this, well, and this could be a monumental collapse by the Rangers because at one point they had a six game lead in this thing. Yeah, and and, and they're about to drop back three games behind. Right, and they're they're behind. I believe they're they're a game back. The last wild card now. Yes, they're they're out of the wild card. Yeah, they're so out of the playoffs as of right it is now. Just night is just nightmare scenario as far as the Rangers. Uh, when you thought they may compete for the best record 
in the majors at one point after the All-Star break when they were red hot right after the break. That's not the case. Now it'll be surprising if they make the playoffs. I hate saying that, but it's true. It'll be, it would surprise both of us, I, I'm pretty sure, if they made the playoffs. It absolutely would. And the one thing for me is I believe that 100-game mark is safe for me. Yeah. And I won't have to worry about that any any longer, or or anybody else won't have to worry about that either any longer. <laughs> <laughs> but Rangers tomorrow night. Just hope that the uh, Braves can beat the Astros. That's 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 what's left for me. I think. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Astros, I, don't, I don't think they can. I'm just hoping Astros, they will. Astros are surging. They, are, they look. Well, I mean, they look, look like a really they really good baseball team. They didn't win last year on as. As a win? As a fluke, yeah. No, they won because they were the best team, and they probably are again this year. It's close between them and Atlanta. I agree. It uh, It's going to be fun to watch down the stretch. All right, that's going to do it for us. We're going to step out of the way. Don't forget, coming up this afternoon, you got the John Morris Show from 2 to 3, and then Matt Mosley from 3 to 6, and they'll have a lot more coming up on this weekend's matchup between the Baylor Bears and Utah coming into McLean Stadium, 11 a.m. kickoff right here on ESPN Central Texas. For Aaron, I'm Ward White. Until next time, so long, everybody. This is ESPN Central Texas.